I'd like for you to open your, your Bible to two places. Revelation chapter 12 and 1 John chapter 5. Revelation 12 and 1 John 5. Recently leading up to this message, maybe it's a book I'm reading, maybe it's just becoming more aware of the world trends and situations, the lethargic or laziness or indifference of Christianity to God, whatever it is, I'm more and more aware of the fact that, you know, these are the last days. I mean, the things the Bible predicts and tells us about, about the last days, it's happening now. And we tend as Christians, having heard that before, to set it aside. And yet, I think for those of us who are looking forward to the coming of Christ, you can't get these things off your mind. There's something going on. There's an uneasiness in the world. We're living in a time of difficulty, and there seems to be no solutions. Now, the Antichrist will have one, and the world will follow after him and so forth. But for us, we realize that there's work to be done. The night is coming. And Jesus said, men won't be able to work when darkness comes. And so... Looking at that, thinking about that, I've selected this to be my primary verse this morning, Revelation 12, and what a chapter Revelation 12 is. But just verse 9, and it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, there's a lot of commentary here, and that's not what we're going to talk about. I want to make you aware of one part of that verse, that he deceiveth or deceives the whole world. Now, you think of how big the world is, if you can. Try to imagine the size of the world of countries and nationalities and races and color and, and different ethnic backgrounds and philosophies and beliefs that for centuries have been ingrained and embedded in people. And one thing is common to everybody. The whole world has been deceived. Now, we don't like to admit that, but it's so because the Bible says it. He has deceived the whole world. All of the deception with anybody in the world, wherever they're from, whoever they are, has come from one source. There is one power that has been given or released to this earth that has been able to go about as a roaring lion to deceive, mislead the whole world. You think, how can that be? Go now to 1 John chapter 5 and begin in verse 17. And we'll read through the end of the chapter. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. Well, that's a difficult verse. I seem to look at it personally, having studied a bit. All unrighteousness is sin. Unrighteousness covers the whole earth. But there is a remedy for unrighteousness. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin and so forth. So not all the sins that anybody has committed is going to cause them to die, but it's going to cause most people death because the wages of sin... It's death. And then it goes on. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God, if he is born again, he keepeth himself. He guards himself, keeps an eye on himself or herself, pays attention to the way you think, the way you live, the way you talk, where you're going, and what you're doing, how all of that relates to your belief in God. Because everything you do is an indication of what you believe. Every way you live is a telegraphing to the world, this is what I believe, the way I live. And you've got to be careful. You have to be careful. It goes on to say, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Now this verse. And we know that we are of God and the whole world, there's that phrase again, the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now the word wickedness is the same 
word that's in verse 18 at the end of the verse where it says wicked one. So the whole world lies under the sway of the devil. The whole world. Not most of it, not some of it. The whole world. And we know, verse 20, and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and that we are in him and he in us and so forth that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols, which is what the world is full of. The whole world lieth in wickedness. I want to title the message this morning, The Deceiving of the Whole World. The Deceiving of the Whole World. Because I asked myself a question. How can it be in a time of education, great advancement in technology and knowledge, like Daniel said, you know, knowledge shall increase. How can it be in a time like, like this, of enlightenment, so forth? All the new books are written, commentaries of religious programs, the big churches and thousands and whatever, gillions of people. How, how could we be at some degree in darkness? How, how could we allow or how could the devil possibly deceive us as Christians? I would ask you a question. Can a Christian be deceived? Sure he can. There is a way that seemeth right. It says twice in Proverbs, Proverbs 14 and Proverbs 16. There is a way that seems right unto men, society, people. Seems right. That's what they adhere to. They focus on that. They trust that. They're counting on that for heaven. And yet the Bible said there is a way, there is a way not the way, but a way that seems right, but it's a way of death. Now, we're going to argue with that in, as a religious people because how, could, how can me trying real hard to do what is right be wrong? Well, there is a way that seems right. It doesn't mean that we're all together right in everything that we think, do, or say. You see, the only source for right, the only source for right is God. In fact, I want you to go back to the book of Deuteronomy for just a verse. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 4. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 4. Now, he is the rock, talking of God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. His work is flawless. Whatever God does is right and perfect. Whatever he does, there's no fault you can find with it. For all his ways are judgment. Now, the word judgment means fair. All of his ways are fair. A God of truth, see, that describes God's character. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Now, nobody else, no other being or force or existence anywhere in creation can say that but God. There is nobody else like this. And we could say this, being narrow as we seem to be, anything that is not in agreement with God is not right. If you want to be right, you have to see things God's way. If you want to be right, you have to live the way God said. See, having good theology is okay, but a wrong lifestyle is not good. Because the Bible tells us that, that if you're a righteous man, you'll live a righteous life. You'll do right. And the only way you can determine whether or not what you're doing or what you believe is right is, does it agree with God? in the book of Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Isaiah said, if they speak not, whoever they are, anybody, if they speak not according to this word, they have no light. Now, if they have no light, they're in darkness. Darkness is, is contrasted with light, which is God and the devil. There's only two. It's an either or situation. 
And so when we talk about the whole world lying in deception, it means there's a whole world that has been talked out of its need for God, the God of heaven, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Scripture. The devil has found it quite easy, I think, to cause the whole world to reject his way and his words through methods that the devil's employed with heady men, teachers, words, resting of the scriptures. And the whole world has rejected the one true God. The only reason you have, if you have, is because God has given you a revelation of Jesus Christ that has turned your life around. Light has shone into a dark place and you have become children of light. But there's more to this than just saying the world lies in darkness because the question that I, that I want to entertain this morning is, what does a devil do? What does he do to make the whole world lie in darkness? I mean, what's his method? Remember the Bible in Ephesians 6? We're to be aware of the wiles of the devil. Or in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he said, we're not ignorant of his devices that he does go about like a roaring lion seeking, that he does deal with the mind and the thoughts. That's the way he did Eve. Isn't that what he said to Eve? You know, did he give her a lie? Because you see, the one word that precedes deception is lie because it's the opposite of truth. God is truth. Then we read in Deuteronomy 32, 4, that he is a God of truth, that all his ways are perfect, that just and right is he. And anything else, good though it is, soothing though it is, wonderful though it seems, if it's not according to God, it's not right. Can I tell you this morning that Christian people will fight that, that we've gotten so far into this world, hazy scene of the world, and nothing is really right, nothing is really wrong, that now Christians are convinced that maybe that's okay. And when I come out, or we as Christians come out and say, anybody, any religion that doesn't speak according to this word is not of God. It may contain things that God has said, but it's not what God honors. Religion won't save you. Only God can save you. And when you begin to substitute religion for Jesus Christ, you know, I go to church. I was just talking to a brother, you know, about a person he had met, been, in, been a member of a church for 60-some years, but couldn't talk about her salvation when she was born again or was uncomfortable talking about Jesus. What if I told you something's wrong? If you're a Christian, 60, how many years? Two and you don't want to talk about Jesus, that doesn't make you glad to discuss that, but you're a little uncomfortable with that, something's wrong. Something has been left out of your life. You have substituted something that should be the focus of your life for something else. And if a person like that was only a member of a church and did good things and had a loving family, and that person died without Christ, you know what would happen if you said she didn't make it? you'd have to fight the whole community because that's ingrained in people's minds today that if you want to be saved, you need only to be good in your own estimation or the estimation of a church. Go to church, participate, be a part of the system, do what it says, try harder, and you'll be all right. And yet goodness never gets you to heaven because if goodness alone gets you to heaven, then why in the world did Jesus come to this earth? And he came with a pretty narrow set of way, didn't he? Didn't Jesus come with a narrow way to life? And then why don't we preach that? Because people are uncomfortable with that. Because we don't want to give up the world. Now, who do you think's behind this? The devil. He's convinced you. He's convinced the world. Maybe not you personally, but he's convinced the whole world that what he says is better than what God says. Only God is right. Anything else is not right. It may be good. There is a way that seems right, but it's not right. 
And if it's not right, then God doesn't honor it. Can you understand that? And the whole world, the whole world lieth in darkness. The whole bunch. And the devil has deceived the whole world. Now, the word deceive simply means, simply means to mislead. Just simply means to mislead, to cause to wonder. How did the devil deceive Eve? You know the story, you're well familiar with it. Paul said, by the subtlety, remember? Warned us about how your mind should be corrupted. How can your mind be corrupted? Because you entertain something that's corruptible. If what you want to think about and the way you want to see things and the way you want to build God and Christ in your life, if it's not according to this book, it's wrong. You'll fight to the death to defend yourself. I know that. Christianity will. Look at all the different versions of Christianity. They can't all be right. You know that. But they will all fight for them. I mean, there's something grossly in this hour that you and I need to get our eyes open to make sure that we not only are not their problem, but that we're not setting ourselves up for the same kind of judgment. When the Bible says the whole world's lying in darkness or the whole world lies in wickedness, it means that it's a, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. Now, we have to examine ourselves. How about us? How about us? Is what you believe right? Can you show from the word that what you believe is right? What did Eve say? We talked about Eve a while ago. What did the devil say to Eve? Did he use a lie? Think of all the lies. We'll get to that in a moment. But think of all the lies that you hear and you use and you defend yourself with. Eve, how you doing? She said, I'm doing good. You look good. You're the only woman on the earth. Yeah, you're doing all right. I like your place down here. You see, the devil's been cast out, hadn't he? Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven, and he comes in great wrath. He has a mission to kill, to steal, and destroy. And his way to get in there to accomplish that is by lying, mistruth or falsehood. Eve, hath God said you can't eat of the fruit of that tree? And you know the story. Then he uses this, a lie. You mean to tell me that God, who is good and loving and kind and compassionate and caring, would make something that would kill you? I mean, make you die? That doesn't sound like God to me. See, this is the beginning of falsehood right here. It's a misrepresentation of God. It's a misrepresentation of his person and his word to people who are vulnerable, who like to think on a different level than God. And so she began to look at it. Because the devil said, you know why God doesn't want you to eat of that fruit? Because you'll be a God yourself. And we like that, don't we? I like the idea of being God, a little, a little God. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I'm convinced that my way is as good as your way. And I'm willing to take my chances. After all, who are you? Tell me what to do with my body. You know, when it comes to abortion and stuff, I have rights and so forth. We like being a little independent God. You know, I don't need a preacher to tell me what to believe because I'm a God. I don't need a preacher. I don't need to go to church. Church can't save you. Preachers can't save you. All they want is money. You know that. That's all we preach on here. You begin to think independent, that is, of God. Sin is always something other than, always. Sin is always something other than God. It always is. And in the garden, the devil simply came up and appealed to her lust of her flesh, the pride of life. Weren't we warned about that? The work of the devil is to promote lust and power and the pride of life, and this is the way he does it. He finds people that he can. The devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom? And here was the first one, Eve. 
Oh, you talk about a lady of the hour. You'd be the lady of the hour if you eat that fruit. And she did, and she died, and we died. Didn't die right away. We begin that the process of dying began. The devil began to snare every creature on this earth the same way through lies. A misrepresentation of God. Setting aside the way of God for an opinion, a philosophy, or an idea that some clever, thoughtful soul has. Well, this is how I see it. You ever heard that? Well, this is how I see it. I'll tell you what I think about it. I asked my assistant basketball coach years ago. We were going to a clinic, a basketball clinic. His name was Bill. He was riding in the car with me. I said, Bill, you ever give, give much thought to uh, eternal life, your soul and all of that? You ever think about that much? And he said, because he didn't want me to talk about that. He said this, because this is typical. He said, well, this is how I see it. That becomes your, your way of life. This is how I see it. I've read it, been to church all my life, he said. I went to church, all this stuff, very active in church. This is what I've come to. This is how I see it. Whatever he heard in church was not the good stuff. He didn't hear it right because he was allowed to have this idea. He said, if God is as good as the Bible says he is, and if he loves me like the preachers tell me he loves me, I'm not going to hell. Why would he send me to hell? I'm not a bad person. So I don't think God is going to send me to hell. I don't think anybody's perfect, told me. I just don't think I'm going to hell because I'm not perfect. And he's going to live outside the church door, outside the Bible, outside of anything that God has ever said in denial and rejection of it for the rest of his life because he has a philosophy. Somebody gave him a way to think about God that wasn't God. And for him, there is a way that seems right. I mean, I give money and I live better than a lot of church folks. They always say that because that's the way the devil gives him to defend themselves. But it's a lie. You're living a lie. When you're living with God on his terms, which is what Christianity is, everything has to be truth. Not lies. Everything has to be truth. Let me tell you something. Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 43. Listen to what Jesus said. 43 through 45. Why do you not understand my speech? even because you cannot hear my word. Now stop for a moment. They could hear what he was saying, couldn't they? But now listen, his words, the words that Jesus spoke, conflicted with the way they had settled in their heart it ought to be. He was not speaking as I see it. So when he spoke, it's like a lot of Christians in churches. I've been here a long time, been around the, the world, around this country for years. I've noticed as a statement of judgment. I've noticed a lot of people that had ears to hear. They seemed to listen, but nothing got in there because there was no indication of it when they left. They lived the same as they always did. Nothing changed. So whatever they heard, they were kicked out. Jesus said, why is it you can't hear my words? Or he said, why don't you understand my speech? He said, even because you cannot hear my word. Verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. Merciful goodness. Can you imagine today what the papers would write? You narrow-minded, right-wing bigot. You're of your father, the devil. You told the religious people of the hour, the most visible representation of religion in all of Israel, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. And they said, well, thank you. Listen to it. Read the rest of it in light of what I'm saying. You're of your father, the devil, and the lust, the desires of your father, that's what you're going to do. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. 
Now, can I say this this morning, that every lie that has been told and that will be told was authored by the devil in a willing subject. Somebody was willing to listen to the reason for lying, whether in religion or in the world, whether to save your neck or keep your job. Lying is natural. It's become second nature to most people. We expect people to lie. Everybody seems to lie. Everybody except politicians. And what people will do to get a job, save their neck, or keep from getting a parking ticket or getting caught, they will lie because it's so easy to do, and they justify because everybody does, and sometimes you have to. And you think, that's not God. God doesn't lie. God doesn't tell us it's okay to lie for anything. Well, if I want to keep my job, maybe you got the wrong job. Maybe that's not the job you should have. If you have to lie to keep your job, that's not a good job. If you have to be deceitful to do anything, that's not good. That's not the way God said to do it. See how narrow this all sounds, and yet we've gotten away from that. Again, we all like to think that we have, after all these years of religious busyness, that our opinion or view, concept, is as good as anybody's. That's why we don't always get along. We don't see um, eye to eye as though God gave us two different ways to look at things. So when he said, let your eye be single, he means there's one way to see things, and that's God's way. But it's so narrow. It takes away from your who you think you are. Hey, you have to live your life now depending on God to do what's right. You can't do anything unless it's okay. Um, you know what I mean. I mean, you, whatever you want to believe. Is it what God said? What you're about to do? Where you're about to go? You know why people dress pretty racy today? Because they want to be looked at or whatever. And, and, and there's some little voice that says in defiance of modesty, isn't there something that defies modesty? will say, hey, it's not that big a deal. What if it is? Hey, go ahead. Keep telling yourself all the reasons why you want to do that. You just keep saying it. Well, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, after all, I am pretty cute. I mean, I do look good. And why, why would something that looks this good go to waste in society? I mean, somebody ought to look at it. That's a lie. That is a lie. Because it says here that the father of lies is the devil. That's the only source of lying on planet earth or in the universe is the devil. And through lying, he snares. He takes captive. Whoever will listen to him and whoever believes a lie, he snares them. And once he gets his grip on somebody, just like he did on Eve, bam, he gets a hold to them. And a lie leads to sin. Sin leads to death. They're mastered, overseen, and ruled by the devil. Christians do it all the time. That's why, again, we can't always do things that we want to do because people don't want to do that. We can't always be the kind of person because people can't receive correction. Well, who are you to tell me, wait a minute, wait a minute, what does the Bible say? Like a man said to me years ago, why do you have to keep saying what's the Bible say? That's all I got. I have nothing else to depend on for being right and what the Bible says. There is no other right. The only thing that's right in all the universe is God. And everything that we can call right has to emanate or come from him. It, it has to be something that he honors. Just and right is he. And remember, he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. That's in 1 John 3. Turn over to 1 John 2. Remember the little verse that we've read before? I'm sure you do when I remind you of it. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7, God said to Cain, if you do well, 
if you do well, there's only one way that defines well, and that's God. If you do what God tells you to do, it'll be all right. Things will work out. It'll come good because God honors that. And then Genesis 4, 7 said, but if you do not well, if you're not doing well, or if you're doing things your own way, what is he going to say? Sin lieth at the door. The same one that Jesus knocks on. The same Jesus who wants to come into your life, there's somebody else who wants to come into your life. Sin lieth at the door, and the Bible said, and his desire is for you because that's the nature of the devil in darkness, to capture, to kill, and then steal and destroy the whole creation if he can. And he'll be, he's being successful. And so in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, for all that is in the world, notice the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What does it say? It's not of the Father. What about all these educational dreams that people have? Seek the big one. Go for it and, and live your dream. Wait a minute now. The Bible says there's something called the pride of life, of being somebody like Eve, you're going to be God. Or being noted, being admired, being lifted up, being seen, being heard. Biggest preacher, biggest church, most notoriety. There's something about a man's aspiration for that that's not of God. If it's not of God, who's it of? It's of the devil. Because there's only either or. There's no, there's no other source. That's how narrow it is. And there is a danger in this hour of being seduced by a spirit that is called a seducing spirit, which brings its doctrine to the church and talks people out of God's way. And if they are talked out of God's way and they begin to live a way, God doesn't honor that. They still go to church. They still do all their kind and nice things that they do because that's what the system says. But it doesn't mean that God, that God honors that. There is a way that seems right. Listen to this. In the last days, there shall be false Christ, show great signs and wonders. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. False, lying signs and wonders. How can that be? Because people will begin to see some falsehood or some lying wonder take place. This is going to be very evident in the last days. And they're going to see something happen, and they're going to say, this has to be the great power of God, because they heard that in their, voice, in their mind. This is God. And yet what the miracle worker is saying, it doesn't line up with the word. But how could this be wrong, doing a miracle like that? Let's well, Deuteronomy 13. If a prophet or a dreamer of dream comes along, gives you a vision, speaks a word over you, and the vision comes to pass, the word comes to pass, but then he tries to lead you a different way, the Bible says God is testing you. You're being tested to see whether or not you love the Lord with all your heart. Because whom you love, you give your devotion to. So you're going to be tested. Everybody in this room will be. You'll be given a chance to give up what you believe for something that's more comfortable, more uh, sensible or reasonable in this hour. Like somebody informed me, I don't know, but the, one of the very biggest churches in our country said that the preacher doesn't preach on sin because there's such a negativity to sin. It's so negative. It seems to make us draw back and, and squirm in our seats and, you know, ugh. Isn't sin the very thing that lies at the door of people's lives and wants to come in and capture them? And if we don't know how sin takes its form, then we won't know it's the devil. We'll give place to the devil, won't even know it. And then because we like how we feel or what we're doing so well, we like our church so much, we'll defend it and never know that we're wrong. 
And the idea that you would tell me that I'm wrong? Oh, what kind of a person are you? Well, I'm telling you, lying is what the devil uses to deceive us. You're willing to miss church when you know that you should not forbid the assembling of yourself together. The Bible says that. If we didn't need it, God would have established it. The church wasn't established because some wonderful speaker can just wow you with great words, at least not here. So what is church? It's a fellowship. It's a coming together. Not only to fellowship, but to hear the word of God. Because it's in the atmosphere with whoever is speaking that God can make you hear his word. I might say things very difficultly, but God can make you hear it very plainly. I may be talking about something in your mind because of something God said to you yesterday. I said something, it reminds you of something God said yesterday, and all of a sudden you see what he said, and you go, ugh, good conviction. That's why we go to church. Then who is it? Who talks us out of it? Who tells us we don't need it? Who, if God said we should, who then tells us we don't need that? Who told you that you know enough, that you don't need all of that? It's not necessary for you to be saved. Who told us that? And I didn't say you have to go to church to be saved. Don't say that. But the saved go to church. How's that? The devil's just a master deceiver. He knows our weaknesses. His subtlety is called subtle. He sides up to you, calls you a poor soul. Oh, you're a victim. Bless your heart. You know, and the way that preacher's preaching, you know, the God you're trying to serve, he doesn't care about you. Listen to what he's saying. He rests all of that. You begin to see it wrong. You know what the devil does? Why wouldn't he do that? That's what the devil does. That's the way he operates. And yet, we not only have our daily routines and life and families and all of that to deal with. Most importantly, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous. Oh, I said it. Let me say it again. Maybe you'll get it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways and the rightness of his character, which he wants to develop in you the measure, the stature, the fullness. And all the things the world is living for, God will give them to you. Sometimes it's hard to explain that. I was reminded, again, I'm just saying it as a testimony, of how many years ago that it seemed everything was a struggle. We claimed that God would bless us and give us one of these and we'd have that. And we claimed it, but we learned that in claiming you don't get disappointed because it doesn't happen right away. You just hold fast because God is faithful. And I was sitting there in the house looking around, not only at all that God had given after all these years, it just sort of little by little by little by little by little, bam, and you know what he did? The very thing I claimed 30 years ago, he's done it. It's there, and you look at this, and you look at that, and you think, it's all paid for? It's ours? We never asked you, I've never asked you for money, have I? Not for myself, anyway, maybe for these other people. God doesn't need a source. He can give you what he said because he said he would give it. You can't be disappointed because it's not there by Friday afternoon. You just live, though you can't see it, you live as though it is because what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you have received it, and you shall. He didn't say when, he didn't say by what method, but he said you shall. And here we are, here I am all these years uh, later, I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I, I need to thank you again because the very thing you told me to claim and I claim you've done it. And how many times along the way did the devil tell me, well, you messed up now. I don't testify to that. Don't tell the church. Don't, don't tell them you claimed a, a better used car. Oh, they're going to think you're nuts. Don't tell them that you're healed when you're coughing or something. Don't say you're well when your body says you're not well. But God says you are. Your body says you're not. But you're going to have to say something. 
And your faith always talks without the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaking, faith is a matter of the heart. So when you speak, well, I'm sick, well, then you are. You don't believe you're healed. But if you say from your heart, well, while I don't feel like I'm healed, I claim that I am and I confess that I am because that's what the Bible says I am. And the people who can't see that and don't want to see that, they not only rail against you, but they think you're crazy. How could that be? You see, the world walks by sight and most of the church walks by sight. They'll believe it if they see it. Well, you don't need faith to believe it if you see it. If you see it, you don't have to have any faith at all. I don't have to believe I got a Bible this morning. I got one. Now, if I didn't have one, I'd have to believe for one. This is what the devil is constantly trying to talk us out. He's the father of lies. He doesn't want you all to have faith. In fact, the, the, the one specific way that God said you resist the devil is by faith and taking God at his word and acting like the word is true and living in expectation of the word. The devil will have to go because God said he would, and you're acting like it. You're trusting in the Lord. And the devil doesn't want you to believe like that because he knows that God honors that. So he wants you to say, well, that's all well and good to believe like that, but come on. And he teaches you, he informs your mind of a lie. Any time anything does not agree with what God said, it is of the devil. It's at various degrees. Take lying. How many people lie about their age? Nobody that you know of. Well, a couple times in my life I did. I had a false driver's license once when I was 15, I think, or 16, and it showed I was 25 or 6 years old <laughs> trying to get in a place I shouldn't have been. Lied like a dog. How fast were you going? Your conscience says how fast you were going. But the policeman can't hear your conscience. All he hears is your mouth because your mouth is who you are. And so he, you say, uh, I don't know. You lied once. Well, I don't think I was going that fast. Now you've lied twice. What, what is lying doing to you? It's making you who say you're trusting in the Lord and you're a Christian, you're, you're showing that by what you just said, that that's not a Christian. I didn't say you had to be saved again. I'm just saying that, that you're not living the Christian life because you're lying. I'm telling you, lying is bigger than life. Put your finger wherever you are and turn to Revelation 21 and verse 8. Don't take my word for it. There's a picture there in Revelation 21.8 of who will not go to heaven. And one of those in there that he talks about who won't be in heaven Notice he said the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, that'd be Hollywood right off the bat, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and what? And what? Some liars, big-time liars, or even little bitty liars. Let me ask you something. How much of a lie do you have to tell before it's a sin? Is a little sin, is a little lie sin? Okay, again, the secretary, the, it's Joe Smith. Uh, tell him I'm not here. Uh, I'm sorry he isn't here. Is that, is that a little bitty lie? Yeah, I mean, you're getting paid to lie because that's how vulnerable you are. A lot of people do most anything for money, including lie. They'll set aside what they say they believe in order to keep a job because like the Bible said, behind evil is a love of money, isn't it? What people will do to exist, spare themselves, and have security. They'll lie, whatever they have to do. You want to get a job? You want to sell something? My buddy Joe Marks used to say, quit talking about car salesmen all the time. But I told him, I said, you know, there's a lot of guys that are trying to sell things, sell cars, or sell anything. And they will tell you a lot of untruths to get your money. Oh, yeah, this from here, buddy, this is perfect. Why is it smoking there in the back? Oh, it just, it had too much oil. I mean, they all got to smoke a little bit. You got to give them smoking a little bit. Yeah, oh, it's good for a boy to run like a scalded dog. You need this one. Well, it'll run pretty fast. I didn't mean scalded dog. It'll run pretty fast. 
lie. You're willing to deceive somebody to get their money. I say this to all of you here. None of you in here have a right to lie to anybody for anything. You don't have to tell everything you know. I mean, you don't have to give your life's history if a gun's pointed at you. But you're always right when you tell the truth. You got any money in this house? Uh, yeah, I do. I want it, all right? You didn't tell them how much. And you didn't always, of course, you don't put all your money in the same place in the house. So you go in there and... <laughs> so you go in there and get your wife's old pair of shoes that she never wears, and there's $100 in a toe of it. Say, here, is that all you got? No. You see what I got in my wallet? There ain't much in there. So you give them $10, 15 Is that all you got? No. Now we're getting into the other stuff. And so the next thing you know, you say, how much do you want? But one thing, you know what? I'm counting on God. As I do it your way, you'll take care of me. I'm going to keep myself in the will of God. And if I'm wrong, I need to admit I'm wrong. If I haven't done it right, I need to say I haven't done it right. If I've lied to you, I need to tell you I've lied to you. If I've misrepresented the truth, I need to say it. Because nobody is right when you lie. Because he said here in Revelation 21, all liars, not some of them, all liars will have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. In Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 5, it says, a false witness, that's a liar, shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Well, that's recorded forever in the, in the scriptures. He that speaketh lies shall not escape. We're talking about how the whole world lies in darkness because the whole world's been lied to. Anytime you talk the world out of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have believed a lie. And the lie is continued on through those who promote it. Whether you're a Muslim or you're a, well, I won't say all the rest of them, but whatever you are, people want to believe a lie. They take pleasure in lies. They do. Lying separates marriages, separates homes. Man begins to lie to his wife. Wife begins to lie to her husband. He buys something. Did you buy that? No. How much money did you spend? I don't know. You do too know. You lied. You lied to the person you took a vow with. To treat them to love as Christ loved the church. Jesus would never lie to us, would he? He'd never tolerate you lying to him. You represent him on this earth, not as a liar, but as truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You've got to fit in that same category. He is your way. He is your truth. And the reason you tell the truth and he is your life and the reason you're alive because of him. Proverbs 19.9 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Think of that. He that speaketh lies shall perish. Now, there's a lot in the Bible about it. Now, let me ask you a question again. Do Christians lie? Oh, brother. Do you lie? Do you lie about somebody? Well, she thinks she's hot stuff. She might not. Oh, he thinks he's so. He might not think he's such and such. Who told you to say that? That came from the devil. That's a lie. If you can't speak good, said a what? Watch before your mouth. Why? That I might not. Sin against thee. Because, see, I am your representative on this earth. I'm not allowed to lie. I'm not allowed to be nasty and ornery and ugly and indifferent. I'm not allowed to sit in a seat as a Christian for 30 years and never change. Be as difficult to deal with 30 years later as I was 30 years before. I'm not allowed to do that. I've been bought with a price to live a life that he has shown me how to live, that I have to make a decision to live that way. The way that leads to life is narrow. You've got to choose to live this way. It's not easy. 
And one of the first things you've got to give up, one of the most deadly sins in your life, in my life, is lying. Misrepresenting the truth. I think preachers lie a lot. I pray that I don't. It's misleading people. I believe there are congregations of people who think they're all right because the preacher has on purpose left out some of the narrow things that God said so they won't get mad at him. Spirit of this age is comfort and happiness. Make them comfortable, make them happy. Don't tell them they need Christ and they need to live right or make changes in their life. They won't like that. They might not come back and listen to you anymore. Well, now we're talking about the pride of life. I've changed my message so you might like me. I don't have a message. I'm a messenger. The message comes from God. I don't think the world's full of people that will say what God says. I don't. But when you say what God says, you're giving right information to the people, whether they want it or not. Now, there's the deal with. They may walk away from it, but they heard the truth. And the only thing God's ever going to use, ever, in this life, the only thing that God is ever going to use to fix anything in anybody's life is truth. Amen. God doesn't use half-truths. Well, don't tell him that. You know, the guy's dying in the hospital. Well, he's, does he know he's dying? No, we haven't told him yet. Well, don't tell him that because it might put him in a, hey, your version of what he wants to hear is a lie. Tell the truth. God isn't going to use a half-truth to fix a problem. He uses truth. The Bible says, speak the truth how? Didn't he say, speak the truth in love? That's what he said. Thank you. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Say what the Bible says. Rebuke yourself for wanting to save your hide at the expense of a mistake you made. Admit your fault. Confess it. Keep yourself right, and God will honor your life and honor your business and honor the way you live. Just be honest. Honest and upright, and keep yourself clean. Here's what happens in the church. Let, let me show you a few things. Go back to 1 John. Let me show you a few things in chapter 1 that God says about us as Christians and falsehood. This is pretty... Uh, Pretty serious. First John chapter 1 and verse 6. Now, if we, that's us as Christians, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what are we doing? We lie. What does it mean to walk in darkness? That's another one of those narrow sermons that people don't like to hear, but it's, it's in the Bible. If we say we have fellowship with him, that is, I have a relationship with God. If I tell you I have a relationship with God, wouldn't you expect me to show it? Wouldn't you? By their fruits, you shall know them. You can tell what a man believes by the way a man lives. If he says he believes in God and he lives as though God is existing in his life all the time and around him, listening to every conversation, knowing every thought, in fear and trembling, he'll make the right decisions in his life because he wants to please God. Well, no man is perfect. We all drop the ball sometime. Verse 9, same book says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from what? Because unrighteousness, non-rightness is sin. That's what lies at the door. That's what wants to slay you and cause your life to be a farce or a fallacy. You say you're a Christian. You say you know the Lord. You say you fellowship with him. But the choices you're making are the choices of darkness. Why can't you make the right choices? Because I'm afraid of what might happen if I did. I might lose my job. I might not, that boy or that girl might not marry me if, if I did that. Well, that boy or that girl or that job has become an idol. It'll destroy you because you put that before God. That's wrong. That's why the whole world is lying in darkness because we got priorities wrong. 
We believe in a lie. Look at verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know what some of the psychologists would call sin today? It's an emotion. It's just an emotion. Sin, look, as one lady said on a radio program one night about she had had an affair with some man and she had this guilt. And this lady said, honey, listen, before you say more, guilt is just a wasted emotion. In other words, there's nothing wrong with what you did. Now, is, is that the devil? That is the devil talking. But she liked that. She liked that. I like that. Because I don't feel so bad now. Why don't you feel so bad? Because this educated heathen here told me that what I did was all right. And surely if anybody would know, she would know. I mean, she's famous. She's lost. You believe in a lie, ma'am? They didn't have cell phones in, but every time you'd like to get on there and say, I like to talk to whoever the speaker is. And then say something they'd hang up on you for. But if we say we have no sin, a lot of people do. I don't think I'm that bad. Have you ever heard that? Well, I'm not all that bad. I don't think that's a sin. I mean, after all, we're going to get married anyway. So it's not a sin if you're sincere. Well, they're going to just give it away anyway. I'm not giving the government all that money. I don't think that's a sin for me to, to hold back a little bit here because they're just going to give it to some country while Detroit's falling apart. And so we uh, begin to navigate our own little theology because there's a way that to us seems right. And we go to church. Look at chapter 2, 4. He that saith, I know him. You know the Lord? Yeah. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments. What is he? He that saith, I know Jesus Christ. I have met him. He has saved me. I'm drawn nigh to him. And I'm learning about him. He said, learn to me. I'm learning about him. I know him. Well, here's what it said. If you say you know him, but you don't live the way he wants you to live, what are you? A liar. Are there liars in the church? This is addressed to the church, isn't it? If you say you have fellowship with the Lord, if you say you have no sin, if you say you know him, but you don't live the way he wants you to live, you're a liar. You're living a lie. You're a living lie. Look at chapter 4. In verse 20, if a man say, I love God. I could ask all of you this morning, do you all love the Lord? Well, all of you throw your Bibles in the air and holler, yay, woo! Well, here's what it says. If a man says he loves the Lord and hates his brother, what is he? Because you can't love God and hate your brother. One church that I'm aware of, I'm, this was a long time ago, a man had a business. He was a deacon in the church, and this other man who was also a deacon in the church went to him for some kind of a business deal and felt like the deacon with the business had taken advantage of him. They had a few words. They just broke off. Now, here we got in the same church, Deacon number one, deacon number two would not speak to each other. One of them died like that. Let me tell you something. That's not good because it's a lie. It's a living lie. If you say you love the Lord and you won't talk to your brother or your sister or you speak down against them, which is a way of criticizing them, which shows a form of hatred, you're a liar. You're living a lie. Do you believe the way that God has given us to live is narrow? Now, I do ask myself this. Can you say, can you preach on anything that's not so narrow? Maybe I'll teach on prosperity. That doesn't get too bad, but it probably would. But then I go back. We're in the last days. You've been given so many options out there, religious options. Do it this way, do it that way. There is no other way. There is one way, there is a way that is right, and it's God's way. 
but people like deception. I just thought of a couple of verses. I know you don't mind turning to them because you paid a lot for your Bible. But would you go to Isaiah and then Jeremiah 5? Isaiah 30 and verse 13. Wherefore the Lord saith, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and do honor me with their lips, but they have removed their heart far from me and their reverence toward me is taught by man's ways, by the precepts of men. Is that a lie? If the precepts that you're hearing are not the precepts of God, are you, be, are you being given something that is a lie to believe? Of course you are. How can you know you're not being deceived? You search the scriptures, don't you? I don't believe what I'm saying. Don't, don't say it's true because I said it. You search the scriptures. See what the Bible says. about. It. If the Bible says it, believe it because the Bible said it, not Brother Tom. God's the one we have to answer to, all of us. I'll have to answer for everything I say. You'll have to answer for everything you hear. So we're in the same boat. But you've got to search it. When people say things, you can listen. Jesus warned them about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the leaven of Herod, didn't he? He warned them about the effect of falsehood. Don't do what they're telling you to do. You listen to what they're saying but don't, don't do what they say. They're of their father, the devil. As much as you might want to entertain their way because man is so much fun and they got the best Sunday school class in the county. All the cute girls, I mean, all the, uh, all the uh, people I know go there. That's not a reason to be anywhere, to go anywhere. I'm just saying, folks, that there, there is something about in this hour how God is leaning on his people to get it right. Get it right. Don't try to think of what you think is right. It's all in the scripture. It's all in the Bible. And when you come to the place, if this is true with anybody here, that you have learned a routine. This is the way we do it here. And you stand and you raise your arms and then you clap after certain songs and then you, you, you honor God with your mouth and with your lips. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Well, that's good, isn't it? The joy of the Lord. Isn't that right? That's true. You honor God with your mouth. But when your heart's not in it, your life is a lie. You're really not honest. You're really not true because that's not who you really are. But people like that. Look across the page in Isaiah 30, verse 8. Now go, write it before them on a table and note it in a book that it may be for time to come, which is right now forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, which means children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, but speak unto us smooth things. Notice, prophesy deceit. Does your Bible say that? Prophesy. What kind of people would like that? Religious people. Just give us something smooth, brother, and don't preach so long. Shorten this thing up a little bit. Put a little bit of gladness and joy in it and make us happy. Go to Jeremiah 5 so I can close. Jeremiah 5, the end of chapter 5. The last two verses of Jeremiah chapter 5. This is falsehood. This is what it does to people. A terrible and appalling, let's use the word appalling or horrible, an appalling and horrible thing is committed in the land. What is it? The prophets prophesy falsely. And the priests bear rule by their own means. And my people, what? And my people love to have it so. They like it. There's no narrow way to follow, no guilt to take home with us. Really no convictions. 
We heard a nice sermon, met our friends, had a good time in church, feel better about ourselves. Really, that's what most people have reduced themselves to. And that in itself was fostered by a lie. Because I think every time we meet and God opens his mouth to speak to us, something should convict us. Amen. There is a constant work of the Holy Spirit to change you into what is being shown you in the Bible. We all with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we're being changed into the same image even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's got to be taken place. It may not in everybody, but it's got to be taken place in somebody. I pray you're a candidate that your heart is sold out to Christ, that you want to do it his way, that you really do want to live on his terms, that you really do want to honor God with your life, all your decisions, everything, and to make sure that you're pleasing unto God, that you want to be faithful, a faithful servant, as we said last week, of the Lord. Now, we'll get to the question that I want to bring to you or the meat of this sermon next week. I want to leave you with this thought, and it's, and it's this. Just because the whole world is lying in darkness doesn't mean you have to be. You have something that will keep you in the light. You see, if we walk in the light, 1 John 1 said, if we walk in the light as he help me, is the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Isn't that what you want? To live a clean, purged life? Amen. Bow your head with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to minister to us, minister to our spirits, our need, our great need that we might, as the Apostle Paul wrote, that we might examine ourselves and see if we really are in the faith. Because if we're not, then our lives are, are going to be rejected. That's what you said. May we have the courage. May we have the courage that, that the Spirit brings to live this life on your terms and honor you. These are your people before whom I stand, Lord. They're not mine, they're yours. They're yours and those who have come to hear you. I cannot change any of them, but you can, because that's your work. May this work begin in all of our lives of becoming Christ-like or Christian in the way we live to escape all the wrath that is coming in this world. I ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.